Hello, and welcome to the NPRD podcast with nurse practitioner and registered dietitian Robin Kivit. Eating disorders, body image, medicine, they are all interconnected. But with so many programs, techniques, and advice to choose from, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Robin, with more than 25 years of experience as a nurse practitioner and registered dietitian, offers help and hope for everyone, families, children, and adults. Along with veteran talk show host and good friend, Jordan Rich, Robin invites you to learn much more right here on the NPRD podcast. Here we are today, another edition of the NPRD. It's January 2022, cold and dark month here in Massachusetts. I'm here with Jordan Rich, and we're going to talk to each other today. We're going to talk about a topic that we've kind of talked about past, what, like five years, four years? Mm -hmm. We've kind of danced around it. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. First of all, I love doing the podcast. I've known Robin for many, many years. We've done radio together. And we've developed a nice, warm friendship and, and the opportunity to just help you produce the podcast. But when you asked me if, if I'd like to be part of this particular topic, I, I said absolutely yeah. because I think it's important to share. So um, so we're, we're going to be talking about what the world is going through now yeah. at a huge rate, and that's anxiety, anxiety. And, yeah. and basic mental health. Yeah, and... There are so many avenues we could take with this. I'll, I'll note that we have Ivy, the therapy dog, here in the studio, so <laughs> listeners may hear her. She's terrific, by the way. Creeping she's around. giving me her paw and just looking at me with those beautiful eyes. I yeah, love her. I'm falling in love. She is a sweetie. So, yeah, I want to, you know, I think it's it's been difficult, right? And so many people have struggled and are struggling more with anxiety now. Today, I want to talk a little bit with you, with us together around, you know, what some of our own journeys have been that way Mm -hmm. and maybe share so that in this month when we are shoulded upon, we are should upon, should, S-H-O-U-D. Yeah, S-H-O-U-D. Yeah, and told <laughs> we need to do this and we need to do that and we need to do this better and have these resolutions and blah, 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 blah. I always use the word intentions. Wait a minute, S-H-O-U-L-D. S-H-O-U-L-D, I spelled it wrong. I wasn't picking oh, up on that either. I I'm missed thinking, the L. Was, uh, yeah, but now, S-H-O-U-D, okay. S-H-O-U-L-D. We're good, we're good, we're ah. good. Should we go back and take that part out? No, one of the things about <laughs> about anxiety is you get anxiety about making a mistake. Who cares? Yeah. It is yeah. should. It is should. Spell Shouldn't. check in the brain. Yes, yes. We don't have that <laughs> right in front of us. And, yeah, I wanted to talk today. I want us to have a conversation. Sure. Um, I think it's important to say that with anxiety, interestingly enough, the age of onset in some cases is at 10 to 14 years old. Mm. And in other cases, in most cases, it occurs in early adulthood at a median age of 30 in adults. However, anxiety disorders are the most common mental health disorder in children and adolescents as young as seven. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, uh, it was 37. I remember the day. I remember really? the day that the world started to look a little askew. Mm. And uh, 
my my story is is uh, my story. I'm basically a very active guy, very creative, very productive, hard worker. Too much. Yeah, one of the big hard. one of the big lessons yeah. that you learn is is how much your body can really withstand. And mm-hmm. if you push your body over the limit, the body will say enough. Right. But I, I I know what you're saying about young people, but I was one of those kids who loved – I was on a high all the mm. time. No drugs, no alcohol, mm-hmm. just a high. Mm-hmm. And when it crashes, when it the body says enough and the brain chemistry gets messed up, it, boy, it, it puts you in a place of darkness. And in my case, it was depression, garden variety. And when I went to the doctor after two weeks of feeling weird and he said, you've got depression, I said – I did. I refuse to believe it. Mm. No, I'm not. Well, you are a happy person. Very, very happy positive. Person. Very upbeat person. And uh, and I had to get over the fact. And you talk about this with your patients all the time. Yeah. You know, the fact that this is not my fault. Right. And it's not. Any, right. It's a stigma, but it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something mm-hmm. to deal with. Yeah, and I think, I think for me, I have I've had some anxiety, some periods of depression with life events, but certainly some anxiety that has come up. And, you know, I've had to really work on not being ashamed of it, but holding it like right there. It's almost like some really talented therapist. There's one particular that I share a lot of patients with who tells them and we talk about it being our superpower. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's the old expression, physician, heal thyself. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cobbler's shoes. I'm using every cliche in the book, Robin, but people mm-hmm. who are doing so much for others sometimes neglect themselves. themselves. And yeah. good for you for, for doing the work so you can be a better healer. Yeah, I do believe, and I'm open about this, that I see a therapist myself because I don't believe that I can do work with other people. I'm I'm in a very good place and have been. But I don't feel like I can do work with other humans unless I am always actively doing work myself. Yeah. And, and by the way, this is the time of year people do the resolution thing. But but, but people think about what am I going to make better about my life? And when you're forced into it because of depression or anxiety, which is really annoying. I'm using a mm-hmm. euphemism. It really forces you to change a lot of things. And in my right. case, physical th- things. I, I was always in good shape. I've never had any major illnesses, thank God. But I realized I wasn't getting enough sleep. Mm. I wasn't getting good sleep hygiene. Um, my eating habits had to change. Yeah. Now, I love – you and I have talked about this. I love tea. I drink we, a lot of, we love tea. We, that's right. We you, have talked about this. <laughs> but but I used to drink a lot more coffee when I was yeah. going through that period of, you know, just pushing and pushing. So all these little things that I adjusted and changed, I don't drink any alcohol. Yeah. I didn't anyway. But uh, you you realize you got to do some work because right. otherwise you're going to go right. right back down right. into the, the pit. Yeah. I think, I think one of the – there was a time in my life, I think my son was – I want to say he, I always sort of, because he was born in 2000, so it's easy for me to like know the years that <laughs> yeah. way. Um, and I believe it was like, gosh, I can't even remember now. It was, it was in, it was around February and there was something that had, there was a life event that happened in the September before that, that was just, just very, very um, hard. And I I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep for a week. 
for a week. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I, in hindsight, you know, know that that was really related to the, to the September, to the September piece, but it, 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 it can take, take over. Well, the thing about anxiety, depression, or any of these uh, illnesses that are both mentally based and physically based um, that I've discovered is, and, and this is unlike other things, you can take a pill and feel better in a, in a couple of days or get through a virus, a cold, or God forbid, COVID even. Yeah. Uh, these are things that settle in and they've been building and building, right. so they're not going to go away overnight. Right. So you get that double frustration of, oh, this is awful. And yet they tell you, well, it's going to take you three months to get yeah. through the worst of it. Mm-hmm. And you're just peeling off the calendar, the note, the days yeah. on the calendar. So it, it requires, and you can speak to this too, it requires an inner strength, mm. but not Marvel superhero kind of strength, just an inner patience, I think. Right. And a lot of the time, I mean, I mo- – in the majority of cases, as I, I am a prescriber and, you know, I'm a dietitian and nurse practitioner, but I, I am, I mainly work in psychopharmacology and I feel very strongly that when we have medicine, we need the therapy there because the medicine does, I've said this on our show, you know, when I was on your show Mm -hmm. in the past and then on the podcast, um, you know, it does 20%. And so in that waiting period, in that waiting time, getting medicine to work or doing, you know, going through those motions of waiting for it to work and is it a good fit, we have to have the therapy. We have to do the work. And that could be so many different things. And Sarah talked about that on the podcast a, c- a couple of times ago. Mm-hmm. She talked about different kinds of therapy. Um well, let me just mention something because this is one of my favorite topics. Yeah. I was uh, prescribed back in 97 when I was 37 years old. I was prescribed um, a, a particular antidepressant. I didn't know anything about antidepressants, mm. but I thought I thought negatively of the idea of having to take a pill to, to feel yeah. better. It's just something I could quote unquote snap out of. You know what they yeah. tell you, snap out of it, right? Which is baloney. But um, and over the years, what I did was I I shunned the medication, thinking I was stronger than mm-hmm. that. And it wasn't until I took the medication and took serious therapy at the mm-hmm. same time, mm. and then got my body back into balance. And I credit the medication greatly because when yeah. I went off it, <laughs> I felt the effect. But yeah. but that's your you're so true, so right. Balancing your feelings, which are which are all synapses going on in the brain, your feelings c- can control so much of your emotions, control so much of your physicality. Yeah, you got to get them all in balance. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's so multifactorial. The more I've been in the field, the more I understand, and I say this to patients about medicine. You know. You really can't judge yourself because you take maybe you, – you not really can't. You can't judge yourself if you're taking more than one medicine or if you're taking a certain amount because, you know, like anxiety is a factor of and, – and mental health pieces. It's genetic and environmental. Mm-hmm. And the way we metabolize medicine is different person to person. We're learning more and more about that in terms of the genetic piece. So so our own healing can be 
many from many different things. Yeah, and another aspect to all this, and I'm not saying anything that our listeners don't know full well, even if they're not dealing with it directly, is that it impacts people around you. Yeah. It impacts the people you love, the people you mm-hmm. work with, um, strangers for that matter. And it, it's, it, it, to me, it was the toughest thing I'd ever done in my life to pretend to be okay oh, in public. Oh, it takes so much work. Now, you're uh, in a sense in the public eye now that you're a, a public speaker and a podcaster. Thanks to you. <laughs> but when I'm uh, I'm a radio guy for my entire career and I would have to face the fact that I was performing and keeping stress so high to perform and not yeah. give give in to what was going on. So all of that you can understand how people get snippy. Some people get anxious and they get angry. Well, and irritable. Irritable. Right? Irritable yeah, is a, irritable. a big part of it. Just, yeah. you know, what – how will how will they show up? How will we show up? Right? It, yeah. And, and what's fascinating to me is we think of ourselves as being uh, so prevalent and obvious to everybody else when everybody – nobody knew. Nobody yeah. knew in my yeah. life. The listeners didn't know. The uh, the people I worked with, I knew. My immediate family mm-hmm. knew, but nobody else knew. It was fascinating. You talked about that in your book. You wrote well, I wrote a book and I talked about that. But I, I think the change in me occurred for the better when I actually spoke to the audience. Mm. I was on a late night show, as you know. Yes, I was on it with you. On WBZ Radio mm-hmm. in Boston. And I, I divulged my story. And you know what happened? It was a floodgate of uh, commiseration, understanding, and empathy that came in from all sectors, mm. from tough guys, motorcycle club guys, mm-hmm to ladies in their 80s and 90s, everyone had a similar understanding or story if it wasn't them, it was somebody they loved. And it just proves, once again, that it's a human condition. Mm -hmm. It's part of being human, and you just have to deal with it as best you can. I think, you know, I know for me at different points when, you know, life events were harder and... There would be, you know, very, very. There were two periods of time of very great sadness, and then, um, you know, and I always say it. If you know this hand game, how do we explain this to listeners? You put a hand down, then you put the other one on top of it, and the other one on top of it, and the other one on top of mm-hmm. it. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so, what I like to say to folks is, okay, it can start with anxiety, and then here's depression, and then anxiety, oh, yeah. and it goes over yeah. and over and over. Right. Um, and certainly, like, hard to pull apart. Um, but I think some of the things that I've worked really hard on myself are not being ashamed of it. And you profess this so beautifully on this podcast. I don't see you in, in clinical tr- work because you're working with patients, but I know that you're doing that for people that need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And and that's and in a weird way when I was on the air talking about this stuff, it gave people who knew me as a entity coming out of the speaker, gave them the sense that I was like them. You're touchable. You're tangible. Yeah, it's and, not. And it's so and just the idea that it's it's okay. And I think, and you and I have talked off the air about this. The stigma is still there in American society and Western society for sure. And yeah. That's why we have such a high suicide rate. That's why we have such a high issue with kids and adolescents with these problems. Yeah. Well, we're not 
right now, I mean, it's it's such a different world, and they're just they're not enough clinicians to help mm. the the levels of anxiety and depression and in my world, you know, very specifically as we talk about every time we have the podcast is, you know, eating disorders and disordered eating. There aren't enough of us. Um, so let me ask you, I'll, I'll turn the tables. Yeah, and ask turn you. the tables. Put me on the spot. Well, really, no, that's just, just, oh, just to okay. help the listeners. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We know that there's a shortage of everything these right. days, as right. weird as that sounds in the greatest, most, you know, greatest country, richest ever. country ever on the planet. But there are other options right now for people. One of them is listening to podcasts yep. of all kinds, including mm-hmm. this one. What else can people do on their own to to start the process of healing? I think being honest with oneself. I mean, I think you and I spoke to that just today, a few minutes mm-hmm. ago, yeah. on air and off air, being, being honest with yourself about, you know, like needing help. And seeking it out and really not giving up because there there is this shortage and we need to not just seek out clinicians who have space, but clinicians and folks who can help us who are the right fit. Oh, couldn't agree more. That's yeah. a great piece of advice because I personally was on a journey where I went through uh, probably four different approaches with four different individuals. Mm. Until I connected with the right person right. who could help me the right, right. way, and it, it's it's a relationship that I treasure, uh, and I still keep that relationship mm-hmm. up. Um, um, and, and we talked about this with a recent guest, uh, Lauren, who's yeah, she'll be on next month. Yeah, and yeah. and one of the things that struck me was she said it, and you said it. You know, you have to remember you're in a recovery yeah mode all the time, right. Yeah, you can be recovered. Yeah. And be in that space for sure. There there is the need I think ongoing for checking in. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure you're tuning, whatever that fine tuning is. Similar to instruments, right? But we're we're fine tuning and we change, humans change, we have different experiences. Our brains remember things that we are not, you know, that they're not necessarily at the forefront, but they're back in our memory. And and that's some therapy work too, right? Those things can come up. And when that comes up, this is why we keep the clinicians and the people and the family and the friends around us and the, the ways we take care of ourselves to help us keep fine-tuning. Yeah, people are always uh, talking about how they're working out and doing reps and doing all this, which is great. I mean, I love to work out and and keep active and physically fit. But you can you can really focus on your your brain and your mind and your spiritual side and do exercises. Yeah. Uh, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Some of it was foo foo stuff, but I learned a lot <laughs> over the years about. Really relaxing, relaxing yeah. to music and meditating. And meditating mm-hmm. doesn't mean sitting cross-legged and you know right, with your hands own. folded. Yeah. To me, meditating could be diving into a good book or yeah. a crossword puzzle and being in the moment. So all of that is part of the life-changing event that occurs when you have anxiety and depression. Yeah. That's yeah. 
I, I don't know what the stats are. I think it's at least a third of the population. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's I think it's about thirty percent. Mm-hmm. I think that I know for me in that week, you know, when I wasn't sleeping, um, that it, it it just felt like getting through any minute, every minute was just so hard. Getting through mm-hmm. an hour was so hard, and. And thankfully, I had some good, not just friends, but obviously my own people, right? Um, my own clinicians around to help at that time. Um, yeah, uh, th- th- those moments are crystal clear. I can remember them very, very well. But it helps to know that they're there and and you got through that. And it's like it, if I didn't have a sense of victory and understanding of that, then I wouldn't be as confident as I am today. That's it. Right. So, and that confidence, I think, is really in yourself. Mm. I, I, I think that. Well, yeah, and it's so funny. I Just a, an aside, I, I would do shows not on the air alone but on, on stages, large stages, and mm-hmm. there was this one episode occurred – I was in City Hall Plaza, Boston, which is a huge area. I know. I lived right there. And I write about this in my little memoir. And I was introducing, um, of all people or things, Barney the Purple Dinosaur (laughs) to about 50,000 people. It was an insane – Oh, my goodness. And I was up there and it was a beautiful sunny day and I felt like crap. I felt like I wanted to crawl into a hole and die. Yeah. And I got through it and I smiled my way through it. My, My little kids were there, my own children. Yeah. And I said to myself, if I could get through that with 50,000 people in front of me and a big stupid dinosaur, a guy in a dinosaur suit, I can get through anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We find the reserves. We find yeah. the wherewithal. And and we do it. And we put one foot in front of the other. And sometimes it's one minute at a time. And and let me ask if you feel, uh, as, as I do in certain senses, but in, in your work as a healer, when you extend yourself and see results and see progress and then get acclamation that you've done something, as, as we'll hear with the Lauren interview. Yeah, which is coming true, up, yeah. Does that infuse you with those endorphins of happiness? Because giving back seems to have been a very big part of my recovery. I think so. I think that it's a couple of things in response. I think that... I I know that I can have deeper conversations and richer conversations with my patients who are really invested in doing the work because of where I've been and how my you know how my own journey is has been mm-hmm. and I I there are you know we we talked about things being a good fit and I feel that way with my patients. I feel so lucky to be on their journeys with them. Um, it's really their work. I'm mentoring. You know, I'm I'm making suggestions. But a lot of the times in sessions, I'll say things like, you know, this is a discussion. This isn't me telling. This is us talking about, you know, what are some possibilities? Because I really do believe there's always possibility and there's always hope. Yeah, I love what you said there. It's almost an honor to be part of the journey. Such an honor. Journey. 
It's right. such an honor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I had and still have exceedingly close friends who I shared this with at mm. the very beginning who uh, stuck by me, never, yeah. never yeah. turned away. And loyalty is such a huge deal mm-hmm. when you're dealing with this. So if people out there trust someone that they love and care about, Nine times out of ten, and we hope it's 99 out of 100, mm-hmm. they'll stay with you. Yeah, they will. The right people. The right people. The right people. <laughs> if they don't, they're not the right people. Yeah, it's yeah. time to get new people. Yeah, you got to get new people. So I think I think it would be cool to talk about this again. Yeah, there are aspects that we, we don't have time to get to now. Yeah. Um, there's some there's some humor there, dark humor that, yeah. I, that I could bring up, but that's for a later time. But I, I just want to thank you for trusting both of us, trusting me and connecting like this because this is what helps people who are listening, knowing yeah. that honesty and being human are such positive traits that can help when yeah. we're all in this together. Yeah. It's an interesting time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so we're concluding January 2022 of the NPRD, and we'll, we'll see everybody in February. Take care. Thank you for joining us for the NPRD podcast with Robin Kivit. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate, and review us, and share this valuable podcast with friends and family. Help and hope is found here. For more, just go to robinkivit.com. That's R-O-B-Y-N-K-I-E-V-I-T.com. Or check out the NPRD.com. 